This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, ardent Ardenites. This is Christopher Dole coming to you from scenic Los Angeles, so far as that goes. You've heard a bit from me these past few months introducing you to some other programs, and I just want to say, first off, we'll be back with you very soon with some Arden news I think you're going to like. That being said, today I am here to talk about the delightful horror comedy The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program. This is a series of standalone improvised RPG adventures where unlikely heroes of dubious moral fiber attempt to keep their sanity and keep the world spinning. The latest series of the Call of Cthulhu mystery program is called Night at Howling House. If you love Stephen King, The Goonies, or Gremlins, then you'll love this 1920s Lovecraftian spin on 80s horror as five unsuspecting kids dare to spend the night in a haunted house. And I think, if you're an Arden fan, you're going to like this show. The new series, Night at Howling House, is a great place to jump in. It's immersive, funny, queer as heck. Throws back to old school radio in a lot of fun ways, including a lot of really delightful, period-appropriate music. Has its own great fake ads, terrific sound design. Just a grand old time. Now remember... Not every unknown being is a monster, and humanity and H.P. Lovecraft's numerous prejudices are just as much a threat as the eldritch abominations our leads face. Without further ado, please enjoy the Call of Cthulhu mystery program, Night at Howling House, Episode 1. Omniverse. The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program is for mature audiences only. This episode contains violence, harsh language, child endangerment and abuse, bullying, colonialist terminology for, and mention of violence towards indigenous peoples, ableist language, and alcohol use. Please listen at your own discretion. If you find our Stygian story simply scintillating, head to CthulhuMystery.com to join our community of fans and unlock further secrets at patreon.com slash omniverse media. Do you hear that? In the cruel blackness of night, an unknowable evil from beyond time cries out. What? Dark deeds unfold on the streets of Arkham, and which unwitting souls, innocent or impure, will succumb to the madness? 
Dragon Call, The Call of Cthulhu. Expergo Cleaning Powder brings you part one of the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program Night at Howling House. Tonight's chilling chapter, The Dare. Are you haunted by the Phantom of Filth? Do you dread dark corners and dusty spaces engulfed with goop and grime? Does a sour scent slink into your snobs like a sickening specter assailing your senses? Say, be gone to those foul spirits and awful apparitions. Help is here. Simply exclaim, Expergo! Devilish dirt belongs in Beelzebub's boudoir. Not your sanctum sanctorum. Turn your haunted mansion into a delightful and dazzling domicile and never again fall prey to the poltergeist of putrescence. Purify your palace with the patented potency and cleansing power of Expergo Cleaning Powder. And now, our primary presentation. It's a bright summer afternoon in Arkham, Massachusetts, and that's a precious thing. A new school year and the turning of the leaves are right around the corner. There isn't a young person in New England that isn't making the most of a Saturday like this one. Especially 12-year-old tenderfoot Thomas Northwood, who, true to the scout's motto, is always prepared. Canteen in case she gets thirsty, binoculars in case she wants to look at a bird... Neckerchief ironed and tied ah, tight. Hat <laughs> looking sharp there, Woods. And the knife. Uh, better keep this tucked away for now. Yes, sir, looking sharp. <laughs> Dorothy Pickett, if there was a merit badge for making a fella's stomach do cartwheels, oh, you'd have it. <sighs> okay. He takes a deep breath and leaves his bedroom with a formal air about him. Out the door and down the stairs to face the day ahead. Where are you going all fancy up? I'm going out, Chelsea. To a scout meeting? Nope. Nope, not a scout meeting. I want to come. Uh, well, you can't. Tommy, Mima says you have to take me out with you. No, Grandma said I should take you out with me more often. We can go somewhere later. But Tommy... Chelsea, it's... I will take you out later. Mima! Tommy Northwood, or Woods as the other kids call him, knows he should be courteous and kind to his little sister. But a mission like this is no place for a tag-along. Now, now, citizens, one at a time, please. Let's use some decorum. I know you're excited to vote. Let's see here. There she is, the apple of Wood's eye, the meticulous and tough Dorothy Pickett. She's in her front yard using an upended fruit crate as a podium, presiding over her two little sisters. My pie is going to win. Nuh-uh. It's important to vote for the most qualified pie for the position in question. Bingo witches. Um, before I walk into view, I've got this sheathed hunting knife with a polished ivory handle. I- I'm going to fix it to my belt. Okay. The votes have been tallied. 
The competition was fierce. It's my honor to announce that rhubarb has been elected best pie in Arkham. Peach, cherry, and apple, better luck next time. The people have decided. No fair. I voted for cherry. I'm sorry, Dot. Sometimes the person you vote for doesn't win. <sighs> but I voted for cherry. Next time we vote on which circus animal? Maybe next time pies are up for election, you could join Cherry's campaign. Millie, which circus animal what? What circus animal is the president? <laughs> hi, Dorothy. Oh, hi, Woods. Are you a policeman? I'm a Boy Scout. I vote you are a policeman. We're playing votes. I voted the election, and now my cat Chester the senator. Is that a fact? The importance of the 19th Amendment is lost on them, but they were excited. I thought the least I could do is encourage their sense of civic duty. Plus, it helps with their reading. Congratulations on that, by the way. I've always believed that women deserve the same rights as men. You're looking very formal. Just wearing my standard uniform, as per regulation. I actually wanted to see if you were... Okay, citizens, here are your ballots. Now, be sure to vote someplace private so no one else can see. In fact, you should go into the house to vote. Okay! And remember to sound out the letters! Let's go over to the apple tree. Woods, Dorothy's attention has turned to you entirely. She starts walking to a tree in a more secluded corner of the yard. Gosh, <laughs> okay, I'm following. You're so distracted that you fail to notice the eyes of someone watching you. It's really admirable that you're assisting your sister's education like that. Women have to look out for each other. You should bring Chelsea over sometime. The girls could play together. Uh, sure. Is that a first aid merit badge? That's the safety first badge, actually, and that's why it's got the green cross. First aid is red. I'm still studying for that. But Scoutmaster Danvers said that he's never seen a scout earn two badges so quickly, and soon this sleeve is going to be covered in badges. What's the one with the drafting dividers? Oh, that's craftsmanship. There are several focuses to choose from. I got mine in wood carving. Actually, I wanted to show you this. And I unclasp and unsheath the knife. The light through the leaves catches on the blade. It's a beautiful piece, aged but clearly well-kept. Can I touch it? I, if you want, but be sure to use the proper handling safety. I take it out and hold the sheath in my left hand and the blade in my right so that she's not going to accidentally cut herself. She carefully and purposefully takes the knife from you, Woods. Oh, it's heavier than it looks. Well, it's for skinning wild game and just about anything else you'd need on the trail... Dorothy, this isn't the appropriate knife for it, but I was thinking that maybe I could carve your name on this tree. Well, maybe I could carve yours. There's a sudden rustling in the bushes. It's so close you don't have time to react. What a lovely scene. Might if I cut in. I deftly take the knife from dear little Dorothy's hand, grabbing her wrist so she lets go easy. Standing between the two of you, now brandishing that hunting knife, is Roger Simmons, a lanky 14-year-old ruffian with slicked back hair and a menacing smile. The biggest bully you know. I flash that menacing smile and look Woods dead in the eye. Nice knife. Give it back, Roger! I'm going to try and grab it from him. Roll dexterity. 83 over my 65. I fail. Nuh-uh. <laughs> I saw that coming a mile away. 
and I casually lift the knife over my head. Roger! Roger Simmons, I will not hesitate to alert the authorities. And what? Tell them Loverboy here is a thief? What? Oh, yeah. This knife belongs to Scoutmaster Danvers. Isn't that right, Woods? That's my father's knife. He gave, gave it to me for, for my birthday, just before he died. Dorothy's watching your face, Woods. If you want this lie to hold, roll be sneaky for me. 61 out of 40. Darn it! Oh, your dad's! <laughs> Was your mama fadoodling the Scoutmaster? What? I know this knife. The pride and joy of Scout bastard Reginald Danvers. Wears it on his hip every camping trip. Talks about it every chance he gets. His grandpappy stabbed an Indian with it or something. No, Roger. That is my father's knife, and I will thank you to return it to me. A thief and a liar, Woods? I'll admit, took balls to pinch something like this. Was it just to impress little Dorothy here? I... Is it true, Tommy? You know, they kicked me out, so I can't quite remember the oath. Uh, what's the first thing that a scout is? Trustworthy. What's that? A scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Dorothy, I did take it. It's just that I didn't mean to... I was going to give it right back. Mm. And, and now it's all... And I. Dorothy doesn't need to say a word. The look on her face says everything. She turns from you and walks back into the house. <sighs> I'm sorry. Dorothy, our votes are done. Tell me the votes, please. In the house, girls. But the votes. We'll tally them in the house. Roger, you rat. Give me back that knife or I swear. <laughs> I'll give you back the knife, Woods. On one condition. What? Tonight, at dusk. You are going to meet me out in front of the old Barnaker house. Howling house? Why? Oh, it's a surprise, Woods. But don't worry. Nothing a big, brave Boy Scout can't handle. You do this, and you get your knife back. I point the blade at him for emphasis. And how can I trust you? Why, haven't you heard of honor among thieves? I tuck the knife in my belt under my jacket and slink away into the shrubbery. See you tonight, Woods. Scout's trustworthy. Loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Scout is trustworthy. Loyal. Loyal. Scout is loyal. Scout is loyal. isn't getting any longer, so uh, I'm meeting up with my protege, Joey Davenport, a troublemaker in the making, a bright young man with an incredible future in the illicit arts. You're strolling along West Washington Street. It's a quiet enough neighborhood, and you're minding your own business on the way to Joey's. But there's a Model T with the top down, coming down the other side of the road. You don't think much of it, but then... Roger! Roger! Heels sharply into a U-turn. It's your older brother, Ace. Step 
brother. What do you want, Ace? Shit. Where the f- Where have you been? Mother's been worrying herself sick over you. Please. She's been sick since the Krauts blew Nikki to pieces. You bastard. Ace backhands you across your face. I take it. And I smile. He hits you hard enough to break the skin on your inner lip, and a sour taste runs across your tongue. I ain't even that bitch's son. What's it matter if I come or go? Slaps you again. After all she's done for you. It feels like your insides are quivering. I guess that makes you a son of a bitch, Ace. Get in the car. I stare him down. I said get in the damn car! Roger. Ace is going to pick you up and throw you in the back of that car. I rolled a dodge. Oh, 51 over 50. Fuck. Yeah, he's much bigger than you. And in an instant, he's got you by the back of your shirt and the seat of your pants. And he hurls you in the back of the model T. You aren't flying the coop again. You hear me? Lockdown for you, my lad. And Wilbraham Academy on Monday morning. And we're truancy. No more thieving. No more disappearing. No more being a spoiled brat delinquent. And I'll make a decent man out of you. Oh, like you. Big, strong war hero with nothing better to do than slap around a kid. <sighs> Maybe those headmasters will knock some sense into that block of yours. Lord knows I've got better things to do than chase you down so Mother doesn't have a fit. Well then, I think you'll all be happier with me gone. When he slows down at the next intersection, I am out of there. Roll gym class to leap safely out of the back of the Model T. <laughs> That's a 46 out of my 55. You definitely vault out of the back and hit the street running. Ah, toodles! Roger! God damn it! You... I'm headed towards alleys, side yards, woods, whatever it takes. I'm gonna disappear. Ace slams on the brakes and parks the car to give chase, Roger. But you're fast. You round the corner of a house and skid through a fence hole into the nearby thicket, and you're gone. Roger! You bastard! The afternoon light is fading closer and closer to dusk, and the appointment at Howling House. On the outskirts of Arkham, not too far away, is a ramshackle farm and an 11-year-old boy shaking with terror in a chicken run. <laughs> Sorry, Mother. I promise I'll be a good boy, but... Ah! Oh, God, they just... I can't... Stay away. I have... I have a hope. Please, chickens. Mother says I should be strong, and please, I have to break. Boy! Ah! Oh, no, no, no! You haven't done a thing! I'm so sorry, Father. I'm so sorry. He came for me, and... Oh, no, no! You little coward. I am a little coward. Whatever you want me to be, Daddy, I will be that. Then why aren't these chicken coops clean? 
Why aren't you sharp-minded or dead in the damn ground? Please, Father. I'll be good. Ah! Oh, God! You take the Lord's name in vain? No, sir. I took him nowhere. The Lord, he's in me. Goes where I go, Father. You are in a fitting vessel. You know what you are. Uh, yes, Father, I do. Say it! I'm filthy dirt. I am a dirt man. I'm a man made of dirt. I am but a boy made of dirt. Not a man. You're nothing. And you haven't done anything, so you won't get anything. No supper for you. Yes, sir. Practically not already, and the damn coops aren't even clean. I'm so sorry, Father. Get out of my sight! Very well. I will partake in fun with my friends now. <laughs> you haven't got any friends. That is true. I have no friends. I am he who is empty inside, but full of the things that insects crawl around in. I, I will go now. Father. It's better out here, Dirt. Quieter. No more pecking, scratching chickens cluttering up your mind. Mother told me to be brave, and I tried, but... It's okay now, it's okay. Your friend Roger asked you to come out tonight. I'm so glad we're friends. He saw me light a fire one time. He said it was good. So I must have done something good. But he asked me to go to a scary place. Yes, he did. But it can't be any scarier than those chickens, right? No, no, it can't be. I'm going to bring some things he'll like. I, I go to a spot at the back of the house, the screen under the house that lifts up and reach around, and I take out my slingshot and my magic box. It's an old, worn tinderbox covered in crude drawings. Did you do these drawings, Dirt? Yeah, to keep them safe. And what's inside? My matches and my firecrackers. I'm not supposed to have them. Oh, I won't tell. Thank you. You're a good friend. Where are you going now, Dirt? Uh, I put my treasures in my pockets, and I'm going to see my friends. Meanwhile, back in town, we turn our attention to the Davenport household, a small, well-kept apartment always filled with commotion. Two parents, three kids, and 13-year-old Joey right in the middle. Whose bicycle is this in the hallway? That's mine, Ma. It's nice, right? I didn't want to get it stolen, so I brought it inside. Uh Uh-huh. Joseph Davenport, you look me right in the eyes and tell me you didn't steal this bike. Because I swear... Ma, no way. I didn't steal a thing. I bought that with my own money. And where'd you get that money? I know you're not shining shoes anymore. I earned it fair and square. Oh, yeah? You running another policy racket, shaking kids down for protection? No, Ma, I'm done with all that. I swear, Ma, I swear. You taking handouts from that Simmons kid? Ma, no, I've been helping Mr. Diamond, all right? 
Lord, don't tell me my son is working at a speakeasy. No way! I'm just moving boxes for him. He had to close the bar, Ma. Uh-huh. And just what kind of operation do you think he's running now? How am I supposed to know? I just do the job and it pays. Well, it's not paying anymore. You don't take another cent from that man, you hear me? <sighs> yes, ma'am. And don't you run any errands for him. Not now, not ever. Yes, ma'am. And as for this... Ma, no, no, I told you. The bike isn't stolen. I bought it from Mr. Parker. Well, you're not going to see this bicycle until I check with Mr. Parker and make sure my son is being honest with me. But, Ma! Not another word. Leaves me. You got in trouble. Even when I'm not doing anything, I'm in trouble. (laughs) You're always doing something. And you're always not minding your own business. If I hadn't brought the bike in the hall, she wouldn't have even noticed. Huh? Joey, someone's throwing pebbles at your window. I'm gonna walk over and see what's up. You open the window and out in the alley is your friend, Roger Simmons. He's straddling a bicycle. Roger, where have you been, man? I had another pebble ready to go, so I'd throw it at his face anyway. Ah! God! Saddle up, Joey! Mayhem awaits! Who's mayhem? Is he new? Is that a new guy? Just get your butt down here! I throw another pebble at him. Ah! All right, all right! Mama's gonna be mad if she finds out you're running off with that white boy again. Well, you tell Ma, and that candy supply of yours is gonna dry up. Stool Pigeon ain't gonna sing if she's got that bird seed. That a girl. Down in the alley, Roger. Joey's come out, but he doesn't have a bike. Where's that new bike of yours? Uh, my mom didn't believe me that I bought it, so she took it. But that's not your bike. It is now. I pinched it on my way here. Go get the damn bike. Time's a wasting. And I've put together an evening of activities. I can't, Roger. It's locked up, man. Let me ride on your handlebars. Hell no. Steal your own bike. It's no big deal, man. Remember that time we booked it after we crashed Danny's birthday party? (sighs) Was it a good time? Did we have a good time? Did we get together and have a good time on the bike? If you think for a second that I'm hauling your ass around again... Roger, it's getting late. And thanks to Ace, you're already behind schedule. What's more, the wind is picking up, and there are clouds on the horizon. Get on. But this ain't happening again. (laughs) Let's go! (sighs) Come on, let's go! Come on, Roger, let's go! Easy for you to say. So what's the plan, Roger? We're going to have us a little party at the old Barnaker house. And make the night a living hell for our two favorite saps, Dirt and Woods. <laughs> How'd you rope them in? Oh, I've got something on that goody two-shoes Boy Scout. He's not as clean as he makes himself out to be. And Dirt? <laughs> that little pushover was excited. There's not a single human being asking to get his face punched in more than him. And he'll kiss my ass while I'm doing it. The mechanics of that doesn't really work out, boss. Whatever. Just get ready. Because we're going to have ourselves... A feast of torment. <laughs> <laughs> Already ate. Yeah, let's mess them up. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the house of little Tommy Northwood. Okay, I've got my pocket knife, my BB gun, 
Trail Mix, Canteen, First Aid Kit, and uh, Operational Flashlight. This is a fine mess you've gotten yourself into, Woods, but you're gonna make it right. You're gonna make it right. Goodbye, Grandma! I'm heading out! Not so fast, young man. I believe you have a promise to keep. Woods, you turn around, and there beside the staircase is your grandmother, looking kindly but stern. Next to her is your adorable eight-year-old sister, Chelsea. Grandma, please. It's the last weekend before school starts, and I'm going to be with the guys. I can't take Chelsea. Not tonight. You can and you will, young man. Oh, Charlie should come too. I real quick run to my room to get my stuffed horse. Charlie. I just don't think Chelsea will have a good time, and we might be out really late. Then don't stay out late. Come back home when your sister's tired. And if the boys get too rowdy, ask them kindly to stop. And if they don't, you leave. But Grandma! No buts, Thomas. She needs more time outside the house. You know how she is. Woods, your grandmother sits down in the chair next to you and compassionately looks you in the eyes. I need your help, honey. I'm not as young as I used to be. And I know you must miss your mother and father as much as I do. Just think of Chelsea. Think about how much she must be hurting. Grandma, I... She needs her brother. She needs someone to watch out for her. She's got more energy than I can manage. And besides, you made a promise. Of course. A scout is trustworthy. Loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Good boy. Charlie is excited to go out. He's got a saddle on and everything. You're such a handsome horse, Charlie. He says, thank you. You two have fun. Don't stay out too late. All right. Come on, Chelsea. Hold on. I need to hug Mima. Mm, thank you, honey. You and Charlie have a great time. You take care of both of them now, Tommy. Absolutely. I will take care of Charlie the horse and Chelsea, my sister. All right. Come on, Chelsea. I take hold of Chelsea's hand. Goodbye, Grandma! Bye, Mima. Have fun! Okay, Chelsea, here's the thing. Could you... Could you just... Could you just not talk the entire time that we're out? Could you just be my silent sister? Could you just do that for me once? Is Dorothy gonna be there? No. Is Dorothy one of the guys? No. No? No, she is not. And she will not be there. But you love her. We're not talking about her, and we're not talking about me. We're talking about you and how I am kindly asking you to please be quiet tonight because this isn't something where someone should have their little sister tagging along. Well, I think that's rude. Well, I'm sorry, but that's how it is. And not only are you not going to talk, but I need you to understand that whatever happens tonight, you are not going to talk about that either. Why? Well, we're going to meet up with this guy, Roger. And he's a little rough around the edges, but he's okay. And he makes a lot of jokes. And maybe they're a little off color. Things that little girls, little sisters shouldn't hear. Well, if little girls don't want to hear them, then I don't want to hear them. Oh, that's great. You can turn around and go home right now. Take Charlie. Nuh-uh. Chelsea, please. Nuh-uh. Please. I hold up Charlie in front of my face to make him talk. I say thee nay. 
while the Northwood siblings make their way down the quiet, dimming lane. One of Roger's esteemed guests has already arrived at the Barnaker house. Dirt stands in an unlit street, bathed in eerie magenta twilight, as the sunlight meets the dark purple of the stormy night creeping in from the east. Hello? There's no reply, Dirt. Just the whispering of the trees. Tell me your secrets. The Barnaker House, or Howling House as it's come to be called, is out on Hill Street, far on the edges of Uptown, in the relative outskirts of Arkham. The neighborhood is quite old, so old that most of the houses along this unpaved road are without electricity, gas, or town water. Here, in the dusk, the sinister two-story Victorian is silhouetted by the setting sun, and the overgrown yard is pooled in shadow. Each peak and angle of the house's spires and shingles feel almost reptilian, like a predator looming in the tall grass. Roger? Is there a fence? I'd like to walk up to the fence and see if Roger is here. Oh, there is a fence. A rusted wrought iron fence that runs around the perimeter of the yard. There's an ornate hinged gate that leads up to the front door, latched with a big padlock. Roger! Friend? Are you here? Looking between the bars, you don't see anyone, Dirt. But you can get a better look at the house itself. It's in a sorry state. Its cobalt blue paint is stained and peeled. Entire patches of it are missing. All of the windows have been boarded shut, maybe to protect them from vandals. The yard itself is filled with sickly-looking trees. In the other yards of the neighborhood, it's still summer. But here, you could mistake it for fall. Hmm, where are my friends? My best friend said he would meet me here. I'm gonna, can I, I'm gonna climb the fence and knock on the door and be polite. It's a tall fence, topped with spikes of jagged metal, but the gate is flanked by stone pillars. You can probably climb your way to the top of one of those relatively easily. Give me a gym class roll. I only have a 20. Oh, thank goodness, a 12! Your frail little hands are just the right size to get into the cracks and crannies of the rocks, and you lift yourself up on top of the pillar beside the gate. (laughs) From there, Dirt, you still don't see Roger, but you do hear something. Flapping sounds. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No chickens, please. No chickens, please. Oh, God, no chickens. From the house's awnings, spilling out into the night sky. Oh, mother. Oh, God, please. Our first one, then two, then dozens of bats. Oh, thank goodness. Friends. The bats swarm, dip, and fly in a flurry all around you. (laughs) Oh, bats. Please be my friends, bats. I want to roll to be a pal. I rolled 33 out of 75, so these bats are now my friends, and they're with me forever. Oh, they love you. Maybe it's your chicken poop aroma luring in the juicy bugs, or maybe it's your good vibe (laughs) in the high-pitched tree. The bats swarm around you briefly in an embrace of leathery wings and chirps before going forth into the night sky. (laughs) Be my mommy, bats. Sweet bats. And dirt? What? You hear one of those high-pitched chirps next to your head. Huh? There's a little bat attached to your jacket. Sweet bat. Shh. Shh. I want want to cuddle my little bat. 
Maybe I can be your mommy too. As you're plucking the trapped bat from your jacket, you see in the distance a pair of figures approaching down the road. Tommy, Tommy, you didn't tell me Ma would be this house. Who's that weird guy? I, look, Chelsea, it's fine. It's fine. This is where Roger told me to meet him. I, I didn't know that Dirt was going to be here, but it's fine. We're going to be fine. Mima says we're not allowed to go to this house. We're not even supposed to be on the side of town. Well, Chelsea, if you don't like it, you could turn around and go home. You could take Charlie, and you could turn around and go home right now. Go home? By myself? Yes. By myself? Fine. All right, come with me. Dirt's here. He's a great guy. I put my bat friend in my pocket to keep them safe. Maybe if I collect more, we could be a family. I need more bats! Give me bats! Come here, bats! See? Bats. He's friends with bats! bats. <laughs> He's calling to bats! bats. I don't you like bats, Tommy. All I have. My skin is a snack. Come eat it, bats. Are you even listening to him? Come on. Hey, dirt! Dirt! Hey! Oh, hey, you... Hi, Dirt. Woodsy. Hey, Dirt. Hello, friends. What are you doing here? Oh, I have... Look at all these new friends in the sky. They're bats, and they're going to be my new family. Those are vampire bats. Dirt, it is my duty to tell you that bats carry rabies. I mean, that's okay. My grandma had rabies, and so... Have you been bitten? I... Have you been bitten? Who care? Yeah, no, maybe. Oh, okay, because... I have a first aid kit in my pack, and and if you are in need of medical assistance, I am here to take care of you, Dirt. I'm going to climb down the way I came. I'm okay, but if you want to stick me with something, if that's your wish, uh, if that'll make you happy, do that. Tommy, I want to go. Okay, Chelsea. You go first aid, you want to put a needle in me. Okay, Chelsea. Tommy, this is not good. Put a needle in me. Chelsea, just calm down. Everything's going to be fine. The bats are gone. It's going to be fine. Off in the distance, you hear something. Before we take the corner, you are getting off and you are walking behind me. I will not be seen riding up with you on the handlebars. This is it, pal. I I don't know about that. We're kind of going down a hill. I can't get off like this. You best get off because I'm going to break. Come on, you stupid. Are are we going to do it? We're going to do it? This is your stop, pal. Are we going to do it? Can we do it? Get ass off. When are we going to do it? We keep saying we're doing it, but Chelsea is doing it. He's of shit. Woods, Chelsea, and Dirt, you see a panicked Roger and Joey spill into view from behind a ramshackle wood fence at the bottom of a hill. Roger's attempting to brake on a bicycle, and Joey is riding on its handlebars. Roger? I dig my heels in, and I bring this hunk of junk to a stop. Joey, you're not ready for that, and you go flying off the handlebars. What? Damn it! And I pose on the bike, trying to look cool. Well, well, well. The loser patrol is all here. (laughs) Already here. Oh, Roger. Why'd you... Oh, look at you. I didn't know that Joey was going to be here, too. Oh, Joey D is here! Friends! I brush myself off and I walk over. (laughs) Hey, dirt. Hey, best pal. I step off the bike and let it clatter to the ground, pop the collar on my jacket, and walk over to my good friend, Woods. My hand firmly clamps on his shoulder. Say, Woods, 
What's with the tag along? My grandmother said that she had to come with me. <laughs> Grandmama's boy! <laughs> it's my duty to take care of my sister. And I am trustworthy and loyal to my family. It's part of the Scout's code. You know she's going to rat you out, right? No, she's not going to rat I me totally out. I totally am going to rat him. What does All that right. mean? What does rat out mean? Chelsea. Nothing. Chelsea. Pinky swear. Pinky swear that you're not going to tell Grandma about whatever happens here. Tommy. I'm going to be a pal. I'm going to be a pal to my sister. I rolled a 92. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to push the roll. Uh, to, to be, to, to, What's your skill level? Uh, 30. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to push the roll to be a pal to my sister. Um, and I'm going to I'm gonna really look. I'm going to get down. So the first time I just give the pinky swear, and now I'm going to get down on her level. And I'm really going to look her in the eye. Chelsea, I've never asked anything else from you before, but I need to take care of something with Roger. And I need you to be a big girl. I need you to be a grown-up. And I rolled a 39, so I failed that one, too. With your utter sincerity, I'm going to give you a bonus die. Roll an extra tens place. Take the better. Uh, so, 19. Chelsea, you think maybe you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Your brother, he's brought you all the way out here into this strange situation, and he's trusting you to be brave, so... Maybe you can impress him. Maybe Grandma doesn't need to know about this. What are you going to give me? I am going to give you all of my Halloween candy. Deal. Okay. Oh, man, that is the worst deal ever. <sighs> it's not even Halloween yet. Uh, you you know, don't even know how much candy you're going to get. I Ah, oh, shut up! It's my little sister. It's my little sister. Whatever, dude. It's my little sister. I I have to get something from Ro- Chelsea. I have to get something from Roger. It is extremely important that I get this thing from I'm Roger. I'm gonna be a big girl, and we made a deal. I trust you, Tommy. Oh yeah, this Boy Scout here is so good and faithful and kind. So trustworthy. <laughs> Never a thief. <laughs> no. Never him. Oh, no, no. Tommy's not a thief. What are you talking about? Oh, of course not. I've been down to eye level with shortstop here. And what's your name? He, he just said it. It's Chelsea. I wasn't paying attention. Now, Chelsea, I had my reservations about you coming along for this important mission. But you know what? I'm really glad you're here. This is perfect. Because we need five people to go into this house and spend the night. Because when school starts on Monday, we're all going to be crowned kings. And you're going to be crowned queen. No one's ever conquered Howling House before. And it's going to be us. It's going to be us, guys. And if we all die, it's going to be your fault. We'll be dead. <laughs> Who cares? Jeepers, Roger. This is... This, this, this. This is insane. I can't stay the whole night. No, no, no. <laughs> What's insane? Well, it was if, like, you know, a true blue Boy Scout uh, pinched a knife from his Oh, oh okay, master. Roger. That would be insane. Roger. <laughs> right? That would be crazy. Let's keep this between us. A gentleman's agreement. What is he talking about? Nothing. Oh, just he's a hypothetical. Not, he's not talking just, about anything. I'm just, I'm just saying if, he, if he's all the Scout he thinks he is, then this should be no problem for him. All right, Roger. At the end of the night, you and me... We're going to have a conversation. We're going to have words after this is over. You know, there used to be this family that lived in this house, and the family had a dad, 
and the dad met a witch, and the witch put a spell on the dad, so he chopped the family up. And then he sold his family for meat. That's what my neighbor Sophie told me. She wouldn't let me play with her horse. No, that's not it. What I heard was there was an old ghost lady with the lantern walking around weeping all the time. No, he sold his family for meat. That's what Sophie Sophie. That's could- not what I heard. That's not what I heard. When I was at camp last month, my camp counselor told me that a little girl died in that house. What do you mean a little girl? The Briggs girl died, and she... A little girl died, Chelsea, in that house, and her ghost is still in there, crying. That's why it's called the Howling House, because of all the terrible noises that come out of it. And maybe this little girl should go home, or you'll be trapped howling in there, too. Alone? Alone. In the house. Howling. Forever. That's not what I mean. You want me to walk home. Alone. It's not that far, Chelsea. It's still light out. And as you say that, a gust of wind kicks up dirt along the road. That storm that was coming, it's almost here. Uh, I lick my finger and test the wind. I'm going to roll nature to... Uh, I want to see how quickly the, the, the storm will... Uh, okay. I rolled a 33. My skill is 80. Oh, this storm is coming on fast. You've only got a few minutes until the rain starts. And from the chill wind blowing, it's going to be a doozy. Okay, everyone, there is a storm coming in, and we need to seek appropriate shelter. And if we're going to do this, we have to do this now. Ah! Ah! Oh God, the second part, maybe we can make it home if we run really fast. Tommy, 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 what was that? Tommy, what was that? Was that the little girl? It didn't sound like a little girl. I cling to my friend Joey's leg. I mean, I guess he's my friend. Hey, get off me, man. You're cramping my style. Oh, the baby's scared of a little wind in an old rickety house. <laughs> no, no. You're not chickening out of this. Ah, chickens! I produce a ring of keys for my jacket and unlock the big padlock, letting it fall to the ground. And I push the rusted gate. Viola! Welcome, lady and gentlemen, to the most unforgettable night of your lives. Welcome to Howling House. Thanks for listening to the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program. This series is recorded and produced in Central Florida and Nashville, Tennessee, on lands stolen from their indigenous people, the Tamuqua and Seminole, and Yuchi, Chickasaw, Shawnee, and Cherokee, respectively. Acknowledgement of the first peoples of these lands and the lasting repercussions of colonization is just the beginning of the restorative work that is necessary. Through awareness, we can prompt allyship, action, and ultimately, decolonization. For links to aid indigenous efforts, and to learn more about the First Nations of the land where you live, 
visit CthulhuMystery.com slash landback. If you enjoy our podcast broadcast, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. And be sure to subscribe to our series via your favorite podcast player to get all the latest episodes. Episode 1, The Dare, was written and performed by Luke Stram, Kat Blackard, Chris LeBrain, Manda Bruno, Brandon Gerson, and Colin Peterson. With additional scripting and story editing by Kat Blackard and performances by Ebony Ellington, Alicia Fuss, Sawyer Green, Zachary Forteus-Gomb, Abigail, Danny, Jonathan West, and Cynthia Beckett. Editing and mastering is by executive producers Colin Peterson and Kat Blackard, with additional editing by Ricardo Lugo. It's produced by John Sebastian Laval and Jessica Mudd is associate producer. Our original score is composed and performed by Ryan McQuinn and Mike McQuinn of Neon Dolphin. Home for all your custom music needs and more, NeonDolphinMusic.com. The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program is proudly played using Chaosium Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition. Night at Howling House is based on The Dare, a scenario by Kevin Ross, with revisions by Brett Kramer, published by Sentinel Hill Press. For full episode credits, transcripts, as well as character sheets and other supplemental material, visit CthulhuMystery.com. This podcast would not be possible without the support of listeners like you and our incredible team of Patreon producers. Joe Tank Resiardelli, Miona MK86, Sean Hutchinson, Sean T. Red, Josh King, and Patrick Webster. And our executive Patreon producers, Big Bad Shadow Man, Marcus Larson, Jamie Sunderlone, and Becky Scott Fairley. Join the team at patreon.com slash omniverse media. All characters appearing are fictitious, and any resemblances to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This has been the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program. Good night. Omniverse. I hope you enjoyed the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program Night at Howling House Episode 1. You can find the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program anywhere you listen to podcasts and at CthulhuMystery.com. That's C-T-H-U-L-H-U-M-Y-S-T-E-R-Y.com. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The world has still ended. Darcy was a cafeteria worker. Do you see that minotaur sitting out in the food court? What minotaur? Just an ordinary, everyday human, probably. Egerton, you didn't even need a fairy cake. Why did you need a fairy cake? Because I stress eat sometimes. Egerton was a PR flack for the imperial government. This extremely devastating explosion was, in fact, a celebration. He's a flightless fairy with a sweet tooth. There were some zombies, but Blatt blew them up. I climbed a tree. And we're skipping ahead. And we're skipping ahead. Blatt used to be a filing clerk. I'll pneumatic tube it up, sir. Now he's discovering the secrets of his half-demon heritage, like his ability to summon a soul-bound weapon. Oh, you're here to destroy a time, eh? Well, eat bazooka! (laughs) Three normal dweebs, rescued from the end of the world and sent on a last-ditch quest to save all of reality. There is a way to stop the shattering, but we need you three. The End of Time and Other Bothers, an improvised fantasy role-playing game set in the world of Alba Salix. Find it in your favorite podcast app or visit otherbothers.com. There's no evil, so you're welcome. Flawless logic. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.